I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. The Other Side Academy, of course, uh, we've talked about a lot and uh, we've been discussing much of late about the Other Side Village, a uh, planned tiny home community in Salt Lake City. Uh, for those who have been experiencing chronic homelessness, uh, some people whether the, wonder whether that's really going to help the problem. What does the uh, data tell us? Uh, is this really a, a good approach uh, for us here in the state of Utah? But a similar project in Austin, Texas, Community First Village, is getting a lot of results. And so we're really pleased today to be joined uh, first by our good friend Joseph Grinney. Uh, of course, he's a four-time New York Times bestselling author, chairman of the board at the Other Side Academy and the Other Side Village. And we're also very pleased to welcome to the program Alan Graham, uh, who's the founder and chief executive officer of Mobile Loaves and Fishes, a ministry that provides for men and women experiencing homelessness. Uh, he's also the lead visionary behind Community First Village. Uh, this is a 51-acre master plan development in northeast Austin to provide affordable, permanent housing, a supportive community for men and women coming out of chronic homelessness. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Uh, great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Joseph, I'm going to start with you real quick because uh, we know that uh, in the proposal uh, phases of uh, what uh, the other side village can be here in the state of Utah, we know there's an open comment period. And uh, give us just a little update in terms of where we are, and then we'll get uh, Alan to chime in with some of the results they're having with a similar project down in Texas. Yeah, thank you, Boyd. So we've had some uh, public meetings. We had a large open house near the site on Indiana Avenue that we're proposing to build this village, and it was pretty impressive. We had about 80 potential neighbors turn out, many of whom had serious reservations and concerns. Is this going to raise crime? Is it going to bring a negative influence into the community? Will it be a blight? Uh, and once they saw the plans, once they connected with the Other Side Academy and gained some confidence in what we're doing, to a person, they left feeling confident and supportive. Uh, we, we've got some good potential neighbors. Now, there are still many out there, and that's why I'm glad Alan is joining us today, who, who really don't understand that what we're talking about doing is a different category than a lot of the homeless services mm. that are situated in different places around the city. This is a different species altogether. And so here we have someone in Austin, Texas, that has been able to bring about 400 people off the streets into a village like what we're describing, and we have actual evidence about what the effect will be. Oh, fantastic. And, Alan, this is uh, just, one, a massive undertaking. And uh, tell us, one, tell us kind of where where you are, what's happening, what are some of the results, uh, how is this playing out in Texas? Well, uh, <clears throat> the success of this deal is uh, nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, I will tell you that you could come here to Austin, Texas, to see what we're doing, and literally within an hour, you will be uttering, I would like to live here. And as a result, there are many people that live here, uh, 20% of our population who have never been homeless, titans of industry, physicians, nurses, school teachers, uh, architects, uh, retired people who have chosen to live in community uh, with the other 80% 
that were all formerly chronically homeless. And we're talking about uh, the most despised and outcast uh, on our street corners and living up underneath our bridges. And, uh, and I live here uh, myself. I've been here for five years. I came out of, end quote, the neighborhood, end quote, of Austin, Texas. And uh, and this is the most extraordinary neighborhood I've ever lived in in my entire life. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that uh, That is exciting to hear. And, of course, we've experienced a, a little glimpse of that just with the way the Other Side Academy runs. Uh, I always leave saying, I could live here, <laughs> but Joseph will never yeah. let me stay. Uh, <laughs> so, so Joseph, uh, Alan brings up such a great point that if you've got if you've got titans of, of business and community leaders and and doctors saying, "Hey, I can live in that village uh, with those who ha- have been experiencing chronic homelessness," uh, is that really the the essence of what is going to make this whole thing work? Yes, it is. But, you know, what makes the Other Side Academy work, what makes uh, um, Mobile Loaves and Fishes and Community First in Austin work is a strong culture. It's a culture that people enter, they recognize their norms and expectations, people hold each other accountable. But it's also a beautiful place that people get invested in wanting to maintain the beauty of. So, so it's all about the social system. It's all about the village. And that's what makes the difference. Our challenge in communicating this to Salt Lake City is that it's kind of like on Saturday morning where my wife says that you've got a chore list. The image in my mind is a ball and a chain and a whip and torment. And, you know, the, the words <laughs> often don't communicate what it really ought to be. And what it ought to be is enjoyment and creativity and uh, self-improvement and home improvement and all of that. And so what we're trying to do is make sure people understand this will be a gem. This will be an asset. This is the kind of place that any of us would want to live. Yeah, and I and I do think just this whole approach of treating those who have experienced homelessness for whatever reason, uh, not as liabilities to be managed, but as assets, human assets with infinite potential, uh, really changes the dynamic. And Alan, I wanted to ask you, uh, you've obviously gone through the hard work and heavy lifting of probably uh, convincing a few people that, hey, this is going to be a great thing for the community, not a liability to the community. Tell us a little bit about that process and where that transformation really took place. Well, first of all, the uh, the process was uh, probably mirrors exactly like uh, the other side uh, is going through right now. Uh, there, there are stereotypes that are built, wrongful stereotypes, actually, that are built by these men and women, these men and women. Uh, turn out to actually be the most vulnerable in our community and not the predators uh, uh, that we and Hollywood tend to make them uh, out to be. But here we are on the ground, uh, uh, 15 years into lifting people up off the streets, but six years in operating this village, and uh, we've made believers out of people. You can come here. I'll never forget a Facebook post uh, uh, six years ago wait until you see this place uh, in five years uh, that it was going to turn into kind of a trash can. Well, I kept that Facebook post <laughs> and uh, contacted that fellow that posted that and invited him out here to come and see uh, how beautiful this place is. And he did and uh, was absolutely blown away because Joseph is absolutely correct. This is about management. This is about managing the culture. Mm. Uh, this isn't about the people. 
you can go anywhere. Uh, go stand in Walmart line on uh, uh, at midnight, uh, at, you know, after Thanksgiving, and watch what goes on to so-called normal people. Uh, that's uh, you know, Walmart has to learn how to manage the line. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and so. That's what this is all about. It's simply about managing because 99.9% of the people want to live in a safe, beautiful, well-maintained environment. We all do. Fantastic. And before I let you go, gentlemen, Joseph, just give us uh, one quick, if people still have interest uh, or concerns or want to weigh in or make comment, uh, what should they do? Yeah, absolutely. I I just want to add, if I can, that we've now talked to hundreds of people in the encampments. And there are so many. We're throwing around terms like shelter resistant. And, and I think what we've uh, taken that to mean is that there are people living on the streets that just want to stay high and want to stay on the streets. I can tell you after hours and hours of conversations with these folks that what they aren't interested in is some of the temporary solutions that often are really uh, untidy and dangerous circumstances to be in. But as we share what will be expected of them in the village, they square their shoulders and they say they want it. When we ask them, do you want to live in a sober community? They want to live in a sober community. Many of the people, and many are uh, actively using right now, they don't want to continue in that lifestyle. But all of us are influenced profoundly by the circumstances we're in. And where they're at now creates the lifestyle that they've got. The village will create something different. If people would like to express their support, where we're at right now is in this uh, uh, public comment uh, period. They can call David Gellner uh, at the uh, city planning office and express their support for the village or any questions that they want to ask. Uh, his number is 385-226-3860, 385-226-3860, and they're very interested in people's opinions on this. So if any of your listeners would love to see this happen and would like to express their support, that's a great way to show it. Uh, fantastic. Joseph Grinney from The Other Side, The Other Side Academy, The Other Side Village is what we're talking about today. And uh, just really thrilled. Alan Graham, thank you so much for joining us from Austin, Texas today. Community First Village. They're doing it, folks. They're making it happen. The results are extraordinary. Uh, this is uh, something that whose time has come. I think it's always been time, actually. Uh, this is civil society at its best, and this is a great way for us to help those experiencing homelessness. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, boy. Thank, Thank you. Alan. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. Thank you, Jim. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Representative Blake Moore is going to join us talking about the defense author- authorization bill, some impact that it has on the state of Utah. Hill Air Force Base coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.